a mystery writer, and you are a mystery writer. Mm -hmm. Who gets to actually have an ambition when they're 10 years old and actually get to live it out? It's uh, just don't give up your dreams, even when people tell you you can't. Uh, if you hang on to it and find a way to come back to it, it's a great joy. If you don't recognize that voice, that is Linda Fairstein, crime writer of the century and also the most hated woman in America. And we're going to explain why. We're going to explain when they see us, the movie, or I guess the four-part series on Netflix. And I'm going to tell you about a time where she did a very similar thing. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you better strap the fuck in because this is I Hate Everyone. Hello everybody, this is RJ, the only 22 year old, oop, 23, 23 year old black magician in Wisconsin with a combination. I'm gonna be your host for today. And today we're talking about the Central Park Five, AKA Raymond Santana, Antron McRae, Corey Wise, Kevin Richardson, and Yusuf Salam. Now I say their names because we refer to them as the Five a lot, but they didn't pick that shit. It's not the fucking Avengers. They were given that by the media and it, it serves to dehumanize them because if you call them the Central Park Five, then they seem just like like a group of people, like a band, and it's like, they're not your friends, they're not real people. So I'm gonna try to use their names as much as possible in this podcast. Now, first off, I would like to say When They See Us is a fantastic series on Netflix that you need to watch, especially if you like crime, if you like lawyer stories, if you like anything like that, because this isn't a black story. And what I mean by that is it features black people. It's obviously produced by black people. It's wonderfully produced. However, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't know if I can see Black Panther. If you're one of those people like that, this isn't something that I feel you would feel alienated by if you watched it. And what I mean by that is this is just a story of five boys who are wrongly con uh, convicted and then released and their journey. This isn't a story like black people always get this. Black people are, all, you know, it's not that kind of story. And even though I do enjoy those, I do realize that a lot of my friends feel they, I'm doing air quotes, cannot watch it because they think that it's for black people. And just like the, if you watch the trial of OJ, that wasn't a, a black story, even though OJ was a black man and it was very racial at the time. That was just a really good crime story and a really good drama. So if you really like dramas, thrillers, crime, anything like that, litigation, I highly suggest you watch this, especially without prejudice, because like I said, this isn't a story where you will feel weird or either you should feel guilty. You shouldn't feel guilty by watching this. However, you may get upset. You may get a little bit horrified. So you might be wondering, what is it and what are we talking about today? Well, the Central Park Five story is about Linda Fairstein. I'm going to say it's about Linda Fairstein. I'm going to, it's about the five boys. However, this is really, if you, if this was a superhero movie, she would be the villain. She would be the Thanos in this situation. Now, the Central Park Five were wrongly convicted of a rape of a woman who is still alive. We need to keep this in mind. This woman is still alive as far as I know, or at least she was up until the videos that I watched in like 2013. So this woman was apparently raped by uh, multiple men she and a lot of people thought. However, these young men turned out to be boys. And what I mean by that is Linda Fairstein in that quote I just played you, that interview she was doing, mentioned how if you have a dream when you're 10, hold on to it. These boys were 14 to 16 years old. They didn't know each other. Only like two of them were casual friends. And they were all just picked up because they were around the area at the time by the police. 
Now, they were all picked up, all five of these boys, and brought to the police station. One saw two of them the first night, and then the rest the following day, even though they had virtually no connection to each other or this crime, and they were coerced into saying that they did the crime, that they, they were coerced by the police to say that they were there, they were coerced by the police to say that they touched the woman, they were coerced to say that they all did it, and the police just did it because it was a fucking BOGO. And if you don't know what BOGO stands for, you're like me in 2016, it stands for buy one, get one. It's basically, they were just trying to lump as many as possible in to incarcerate these young boys who weren't even old enough to drive. And if you watch the documentary, or not the documentary, if you watch the series, you'll know that the oldest boy couldn't even fucking read. So they made him sign this confession and all this shit. The New York public education system failed him. He couldn't read. And they made him write, doing air quotes again, write and sign a confession to a crime that he did not commit. Now, you might be wondering what in what details, like they, they got off. They got off, they got paid, they got $40 million. What could I possibly have to say about this that hasn't been said? Well, there's two things. One, like I said, the jogger is still alive. And we're going to talk about that in a second because that is very interesting. And the second thing is, that uh, Linda Fairstein, I'm not even going to say her name anymore, fucker, uh, LF, we're going to call her LF, LF didn't, this wasn't her first time doing this show, or at least this wasn't the only incident in her career in which she was doing this. She actually has a case later on that we're going to talk about where she did something I would argue is just as bad. However, she did it to only one person. So if you're a little bit curious, stay tuned a little bit because it's very interesting. But we're going to talk about first the jogger. So the jogger um, was attacked by these these boys and or she thought she was attacked by these boys. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She thought she was attacked by these boys because the police told her she had been attacked by these boys. In reality, she had been attacked by one serial rapist who um, was attacking multiple women at the time and the police didn't put two and two together because they didn't give a fuck enough. So she was attacked. They saw that there was a bunch of black boys around and they're like, it must have been one of them. When in reality, it was a guy who looked nothing like any of them and it was only one of them. And he raped her with a very similar MO, which means that he raped her in a similar way to what she did the other people. But the police cared so little about getting actual justice that they ignored that fact. Now, the interesting thing is this woman, um, this is very difficult because I'm stepping in the territory of victim blaming. And what I mean by that is we're in an era, as we talked about before, where you can never talk about anything being a victim's fault. And there's cases of this element, which I understand that. So, or there's elements of this case, in which I understand that. So for example, she had an interview where the comments are just flooded and every single interview ever done by any of these people, they're just flooded. And one of the things says, who goes jogging at 2 a.m.? Now, that's that's a valid thing to say. Why are you victim blaming? She should be able to jog whenever she wants. However, I should be able to leave my doors unlocked and I still lock my doors because we have to be safe. So we have to also realize that people are fucking crazy and not to blame her. However, it wasn't a good idea. No matter how the world should be. That wasn't a good idea, especially 30 years ago in New York. Now, that is not discrediting her at all. However, this bad idea led to her getting assaulted, which, again, is not her fault. However, she hit her head. She got hit in the head, violently raped. And when she was hit, apparently she lost all memory from that night. 
and this is where I have a problem because she has absolutely no memories from this night, apparently. However, she's built a career being a motivational speaker and, and, and like basically profiting off of this because she revealed who she was at a later date because the New York crimes like statutes say that you can't release information on sexual assault victims. So she was kept in the dark for years. That's like no one knew who she was. But now she came out and she's been speaking. She wrote a book called I Am the Central Park Jogger. And that's where I have a problem. I just quickly like to clarify a few things that I just said. This is me coming back from the future. The first thing I want to clarify, give me 10 seconds. The first thing I want to clarify is the fact that I'm not saying that jogging leads to people getting raped and that is not anyone's fault if they ever get raped. That is not what I'm saying. However, what I am saying is statistically people do get assaulted more at night, comma. The second thing that I want to say is in an interview that she gave about five years ago, she mentioned about I'm going to talk about what she mentioned, but one of the things she said was that I don't remember what happens and I never will. And I feel that really just washes her hands of the situation. And I feel it's a very easy cop out to have no responsibility for the things that may or may not have happened at the time. No one can predict what they will never remember. That's not a thing. So, uh, I just wanted to put that in there that that really, really got to me. That irked me where I felt like where she said she will never remember that is that that's something that makes this worth talking about continue because we have so many people who go through things like for instance in the r kelly documentary where his um, girlfriend or whoever whoever it was somebody was um assaulted by r kelly and then she came out with a hit single you know so it's like it shouldn't discredit you however i can understand why people would see it that way because this this person waited all this time to come out and has absolutely nothing to say to these boys. You know, she she this happened to her. She claimed she couldn't remember anything, which I highly doubt that like I I can't speak for women, but I just highly, highly doubt that she doesn't remember anything from that night even though i do know that there's a lot of psychology behind trauma that states that when something traumatic happens your brain and your your you try to protect yourself by not remembering it however don't you think that someone would at least know if there was five people or one you know this is just, this is just me being like leveling with you guys i feel like that should have at least been discussed. Like, do, do you think that this was five people or do you you know it's maybe she uh, maybe she honestly didn't know. Maybe she forgot every single thing from that night. However, I think that it is important to note that she's built her career off of this and she has refused to meet with these boys or apologize. Now, why should she apologize? It wasn't her fault. Everyone who was there heard the evidence. There was no, the case, the interesting thing about the case is these boys were falsely accused because Linda Fairstein is actually someone who was one of the first people to introduce DNA evidence into the courts because back like pre-1990, there wasn't really any way to link like semen to a man via uh, via like a process. There's nothing to link them because we didn't really have DNA evidence. And DNA evidence has created what we call the CSI effect. And this is something I learned about in anthropology where we believe that DNA evidence is just, um, I can't think of the word. I'm snapping right now trying to think of the word, but we think it's basically bulletproof. We think that if, you, if, if DNA matches 
that's fucking it. Because we watch so much CSI and SVU, we can't think of any other possibilities. So this has uh, kind of become a problem now where people where people see DNA and juries misunderstand uh, empirical. I'll say empirical. That's the word, empirical evidence. People think that DNA is just fucking empirical. It's just bulletproof. And that's the problem. And even if it was bulletproof, none of these boys' DNA was actually at the scene. There was one person's DNA who didn't match any of them. So that's not really an argument. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is this this woman didn't ruin these boys' lives. However, she had a part in it. And whether she wanted to or not, whether it was intentional or not, if I was them, I would hate that woman. And if I was a lot of people in their community, I would hate her because I was like, couldn't you do something? Couldn't it's she's a victim. She is a victim. I'm, I'm just crying though, crying out like in my couldn't you do anything when you saw when you saw this? But there is a flip side to this. There is a flip side to this. And this is not an excuse. This is not a good thing. But there is, I have a friend and my friend actually listens to the podcast. Shout out to the friend. I won't say their name. And this friend has a mom that was robbed by black men, robbed by at least one black man. I know. I don't know if it was multiple, but a black man. And this, this mom has always been slightly suspicious of black people in this person's life. And I kind of noticed that. And I was like, yo, what's up with that? And she said, you know, she was robbed by a black person. So now she's sketched out. And I understand that I've met girls that have been raped or assaulted, that they've told me they've been assaulted by a certain type of man. And then that traumatizes them when they see. I understand that this can be a thing. I won't say I understand the situation because I've never been in it. But I understand that this can be a thing. And if she felt she was assaulted by um, a man of color, then I could see why maybe she might be hesitant to approach other men of color who are also extremely upset with her, probably. I'm not sure how they feel about her, but I can understand that. However, at the same time, justice was not served in the scenario. And is like I said, they told her story, the police told her story, and I believe the police coerced her into uh into basically blaming these boys. However, this is something we have to note that we have to be careful when people are when people make accusations. We have to be careful. We have to look at the situation and we have to make sure if they're profiting from it to at least scrutinize it a little bit. If someone is making money off of something that they're accusing someone else of doing and they're making money off of it basically by saying they're wrong, by trying to put them in jail or something like that. You have to look at it at least once. And that leads to my next point, which is that Linda Fairstein did not, this isn't a one-time incident and I'm sure more shit is going to come out. So what happened to Linda Fairstein is since this documentary came out, it basically, it framed her now, I'm saying it framed her because she was not a consultant on this show. And what I mean by that is she tried to, like, get input and do some, like, screen ed- or get script editing. She tried to, like, do some shit where she could make herself look better. And they were like, nah, nah, nah. Ava DuVernay, she's the one that, like, produced this or directed it. Excuse me. She... She was like, no, 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 we don't want your help. So essentially she tried to soften her image. And what the documentary portrayed her as was a really malicious prosecutor who in the face of like in the face of so much evidence, there's no DNA evidence. The boys didn't know each other. All their stories were different. They were clearly coerced. They were picked up at different times. In the face of all this evidence, she did not 
back the fuck off. And she maintained that they were guilty until basically until this documentary came out or there's a documentary that came out a few years ago that and then until then she really maintained that they were guilty. And then she kind of just shut the fuck up. She never really took it back. And that's the thing that really irritates me. I think it's very clear that Linda Fairstein has what's called a messiah complex. And I'll tell you why. A messiah complex is basically she thinks she's God's gift to the world. And I have to be careful because Linda Fairstein did pave the way for a lot of good shit, but not enough good shit to make this, <laughs> to to bring back her character. Because she she did pave the way for, she started introducing DNA evidence. However, in multiple cases, she ignored the lack of DNA evidence, even though she pioneered bringing in DNA evidence. And I'm getting to that, I promise. I'm getting to her second case, which you have not heard about, but we're talking about this right now. And Linda just, she did bring this in. She did probably put a lot of rapists behind bars, which is good, clearly. However, she... In this process, if you go and watch any of her interviews, she keeps saying, I did this, I did this, I was able to do this. And she really feels that she, it seems as though she feels that she's like a gift to mankind, saving women everywhere. And she might've helped a few women. She might've helped a lot of women. However, I think the way she has profited off this deserves to be scrutinized a little bit because Benjamin Franklin was actually the one that said better 100 guilty people escape than one innocent suffer. And that is, we're seeing more and more how these fucked up court cases are getting people locked up because people ignore evidence because malicious prosecutors get away with doing wild ass shit because police officers do whatever the fuck they want. So I'm going to tell you another story about Linda LF, <laughs> where she actually did a very similar thing to a guy named Oliver Janik, I can't even say it, Jananovic, Jananovic. And I'm not telling you this because I don't want you to think that my theme of this episode is that women lie, don't trust women. That is not the theme of the episode. The theme of this episode is don't trust lying ass motherfuckers. Also, the theme of this episode is if you see something that you think may have happened, don't just believe the whitest person in the room every single time. That's what I'm saying. Think about it for a second. So anyway, Oliver Jananovic is actually a white guy, which is interesting. And he was put into prison because he was accused of raping and kidnapping a girl. And um, his prosecutor was actually this Fairstein lady. And what happened was, it got overturned and he actually got released and he then was able to go get his doctorate and become a professor. And he, the thing is, he was just a computer nerd. He was a computer nerd in the 90s. He met this girl online and she essentially told him all the shit that she wanted him to do, how she was super into like rapey shit and how she was, it's called like, I think it's called sodomistic. You can look it up on Wikipedia, look up Oliver Jananovic v. The People. And it has like little highlighted things so you can look up all the fancy sex terms. But essentially what had happened was she was super into this shit, sending him emails about how she wanted him to do rapey ass shit to her. And this is a long time ago. He was also like, he was also young. He was in college. So at the same time, 
I can understand why that might be confusing at a time where we didn't have Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, we didn't have like this 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 vast knowledge of of sex terminology. We didn't know about like safe words and all this stuff. So I'm not saying I, I don't want you guys to think what I'm saying is that like he raped her and that's okay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is apparently it seemed as if this woman was really into having sex in a manner that felt like rape. And for some reason, this man was charged with uh, with raping her. And then he was <laughs> let out later because he didn't do it. And the charges were dropped. He actually filed a lawsuit against uh, this Fairstein lady and he filed it for $10 million, but it was dismissed. But I think this might come back now that all this shit's coming out and that the Central Park Five got their uh, due, due the money that they were very much due. But you might be like, well, just because she was into that doesn't mean that she wanted to be raped or it doesn't mean that he didn't do something wrong. And that is absolutely right. We see that in Law & Order SVU that people can be into freaky shit and then they cannot want it and then you don't do it. However, the problem comes when in this trial, he was portrayed as this crazy freaky rapist. However, they, um, like Linda Fairstein's team, she's a prosecutor, she's a lawyer, her team and the, like the police held back evidence. They held back all the emails in which she was talking about about how she wanted all this like sodomistic shit and she like they, they didn't show any of this and at the same time they didn't like give any testimony from former partners of hers that could attest to the same thing so we're in a sticky situation here because i don't think that this man did it just because i also see this case with the central park five however we are in a sticky situation where he could have did something and it could have just been misconstrued and that could have been um that could have been the rape, the assault. That could have been what he was charged with. So what I mean by that is he absolutely could have done something that she did not like. She could have said stop. She could have said no. And it could have been a rape. However, we have to make these judgment calls as the people. That's what a jury is, a jury of the people. And look at the evidence that we've like read about, that we've seen. So I can just tell you what I've seen. And all I know is that there's a malicious prosecutor. And I know that this man was basically coerced into doing all this shit with this woman that she said she wanted and then afterward he was charged and let go because the evidence uh was basically in not in anyone's favor like the evidence was wrong and he was um tried under the wrong laws and you can look up the case a little more time i'll tell you oliver Jananovic v the people and it has kind of a it's not very long so i can't tell you guys too much and there's not too much um news coverage on it because it was a smaller case but i can just tell you that's what happened essentially she was into rapey shit she emailed him all this shit the police held back the emails held back evidence that she was into this and they tried him just like he was some random guy that had some rape fantasy and he kidnapped her and she was into extreme shit so that's what i'm saying so again take this with a grain of salt this is not a don't believe women podcast this is a look at what happened podcast decide for yourself so she uh basically tried this man maliciously it got dropped again and she, this is apparently her thing and the other thing is there was no dna evidence in this case either the dna evidence was ignored again so she is bringing up how she's so great with dna evidence how she's how linda feinstein or fairstein or whatever the fuck her name is is how she's um pioneer how she pioneered this and brought it into the age but at the same time she's fucking like ignoring it when she wants to to put people away when she's not really sure and the last piece if you're like well 
maybe, you know what? I don't know anything about this case. I'm not going to read anything about this case. But you know what? That uh, Janinovic guy, he probably did it. You might be thinking that. And the last piece of this is that she wrote a crime novel called Cyberfiend that was literally based on this story. She won't admit it. But it was based on the story about a guy who did something, some shit to some chick he met on the internet. And she was writing it like after this case happened. She was using this case as inspiration for her crime novels. So she's literally profiting off of the story of this woman who was allegedly raped, who said she was being raped. And that I find at least. Now, a few facts we have to keep in mind as we close the podcast. The first fact that we have to keep in mind is that you could follow me on Instagram at RJTheMagican or send me a DM. Please send me a request. I actually find out that a lot more of you guys are listening than I thought and sending it to your friends. So if you send this podcast to someone, hit me up and be like, yo, I like your podcast. I sent it to someone because that'll make me feel good. But the second thing that you guys need to realize is that this Central Park rape with the jogger we're going back to the jogger did happen this did happen this did traumatize the woman this is a real crime i am not implying that that she did not get raped i'm not implying that she was not traumatized by this i am not implying that this isn't problematic i am not implying that this was her doing or her her fault however i am implying in this podcast that i feel as someone who wanted to seek justice she may have been able to do more. I also feel, I don't know, but I feel she knew more than she let on. And the racist ass cops that picked up these kids also coerced her. So that's what I feel. I do not know. However, this is just what I wanted to put out today. Another thing that I want you to walk away with is that anyone can be racist. And the thing that they did show in this documentary, or I keep saying documentary, in this in this film, in this biopic, in this series, the thing that they did show is that there was one moment where a black cop saw the cops being racist and didn't say anything. Now, the fact Linda Fairstein maintains that she, uh, this investigation, she called it a brilliant investigation because there was cops of all different races working on it. Tons of cops of all different races. And the thing is, cops, it doesn't matter what race. When you become a cop, it's like, I feel like it oftentimes strips you of your of your whatever you are if you're a woman cop if you're a black cop a hispanic cop i feel like it oftentimes strips you of your identity because you put on that that blue shirt and what i mean by that is you see a ton of shit and type in florida police they are so fucking racist and a lot of them are hispanic I would say every every article I've seen about a Florida police officer has been about a Hispanic officer being racist towards darker Hispanic people or black people. You've seen you've seen in Straight Outta Compton the movie. They have a scene where the the uh, I probably brought this up before, but the line is "Black police showing out for the white cop" and Straight Outta Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. That song, and that line was referring to a time where they had a black cop that didn't stick up for them and basically tried to like falsely arrest them, and they kind of portray this in the movie. I, it doesn't matter. I've seen there, there, there was a shooting, I think maybe about a month ago where a man, uh, a black cops approached a car and shot this guy's girlfriend in the face. Cause they thought that the car looked like a, a car that was, that belonged to someone that committed a crime. It wasn't, it wasn't. And there were two black people in a car shot a woman in the face because he thought 
because he th- and he was a minority man. So it doesn't matter, <laughs> I think, especially with cops. Anyone can be racist. Anyone cannot know they're racist, follow racist policies. So that's another thing that I want you to keep in mind. The last thing I want you to keep in mind is that in the last story I told, women have the right, people have the right to change their minds during sex whenever they want. However, in looking at cases like this, we cannot ignore things like this and say that people can do whatever they want. That's not fair, in my opinion, at least. To withhold something like that in a case, to withhold the fact that someone has a kidnapping and rape fantasy in a rape case, I feel they probably did it because, as you see in Law & Order SVU a lot, if you bring things up like that, people automatically discredit the victim. However, it's evidence. It's a piece of the story, and it's important. So I I really hope my feminist friends don't like hate me because this sounds like a victim blaming woman hating podcast. I really need people to know that as a black man, this could happen to me. This could happen to me. And a lot of men, quote unquote, men are scared. They see themselves in the Kavanaugh trial. No, fuck that shit. What I'm saying is as a black man, those boys weren't even there. They weren't even like near where the rape happened and they were picked up. I am terrified for my life whenever I see police officers. And the fact is that any of this shit could happen. Someone could get raped in the dorms that I was in. And because I'm the darkest person there, if I get the wrong cop on the wrong day, I could be on the line. I'm not in college anymore, but you get the general idea. So I am not saying... Like with Brett Kavanaugh, she's a fucking liar. Fuck that. You know, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is scrutinize this. If you like me listening to this podcast, if you ever see anything, pretend this person is me. Pretend the person is me. And if you saw the story, would you believe it right away? Or would you say, hold on, give it a second? You know, would you, what would you think? Because I think everyone deserves the chance because we are seeing so many so many more of these stories where people are getting falsely accused and let out decades later, getting millions of dollars for time they will never get back. Being in jail is like being in a fucking time machine. Imagine going in in the 90s and coming out and having a fucking Samsung Galaxy S5. Like, that would be fucking incredible to you. So just just scrutinize it. That's all I can say. Scrutinize, look at it deeply, be critical When I say be critical, I don't mean be mean, be a dick, like don't believe what you see. What I mean is look at it and say, does this make really good sense? Because the court of public opinion, what we're currently in, what we're in this media circus that we're in, we are damning people before they even start. And as we're seeing now, this shit is not always right. The law is not perfect. And we need to realize that. So. This is not specifically in relation to rape cases either. This is in general with anything that you see, with anyone, any accusations ever made. Make sure you get the full fucking story or make sure you get as much of the story as possible. If you don't or you can't, ask yourself why. And if there's no reason why, like if with this story, someone should have been like, this doesn't make sense. 
why? It's like the DNA doesn't match. <laughs> Interesting. Like no one was like that. And the thing about this jury is it was a very diverse jury. They had like, I think it was four black people. They had like multiple, I think at least four Latinos. They had less whites than the minorities combined and they were still deemed guilty. So again, I don't know if these people were all racist. However, they could they were influenced by this shit too. And those are the people that you think wouldn't or shouldn't be. The last, last thing, the last, last thing, Linda Fairstein, she did do one good thing. She broke down a lot of barriers for women to come out and confess that they have been assaulted or brutalized or had violence done against them. Because back in Linda Fairstein's time, when she first started, her first trial was in 1973. Um, she talks about in a lot of her interviews that they needed three components to be um, basically eligible to claim that somebody raped them. And that means, like, the three components were basically that you need someone to know, um, to have seen it happen. You know, you need a second person to corroborate the story. You also needed proof of, like, the sexual act. And you also needed to, like, link, like, the weapons to the crime. So you needed, like, all these, all these little jigsaw pieces and if you didn't have it so if you were basically raped there was like a knife there where you were raped with and stabbed and it had someone's fingerprints on it but no one saw it then basically the on the trial got a lot weaker that's essentially what she was saying so since that happened people have now come out and started to believe women and now we're in this uh, me too era where now we're all believable so we kind of switched a lot from from if you're a woman we won't believe you unless you have this fucking jigsaw puzzle ass rubik's cube figured out but now we're at the point where I wouldn't say we're at the point where I, I take that back, but I would say now we're heading towards the point where if someone even mentions that you might have done something on social media, you're hashtag canceled. And it's an interesting place that we're in. I have no comments for that because that's another podcast, but I just think it's an interesting place where we're in. So if anything, Linda, Linda of something, something is complete garbage. However, she did do something that I think is pivotal to justice today at the same time she was not the only one like she claims to be as the messiah there's wonderful people like gloria Allred who have been fighting for women even longer than her and also this she ruined so many lives like at such a high level with such disregard writing crime fiction as they were sitting in jail she did this so and there's even an interview and okay last thing i keep saying last thing this is the last thing i'm going to tell you there's another interview i saw where they basically introduce her as um this 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 lawyer this prosecutor that's done so much and she she prosecuted the there's like a preppy rapist i believe in like the 90s it was a guy that dressed well but raped women and he has a really nice picture on the front of a magazine you guys can look him up and she they basically mentioned she prosecuted this one famous cases such as the central park five and they mentioned that she prosecuted them even though they were exonerated in 2002 they mentioned this in on on abc news and like, I think this was 26, 15, 16, I want to say 2015 or 16. I saw the interview and they, they mentioned this, even though they were exonerated and they were proved to be not guilty, which means 
which means, I don't know if you guys know much about the news, but you have to sign out what's called a press release. And in a press release, you tell them what you want to talk about, what you want to be interviewed about, and you tell them what you, they want you, what you want them to mention at the beginning of your interview. How do I know this? Because I do freelance publicist work. I'm also my own publicist. So it's publicist. So if I go on a news show or a TV show, they always say what I want them to say beforehand. So she put that shit in there that she prosecuted the Central Park Five after they were found innocent. So these are just little things that just irk me to my core. This is a long-ass podcast. I had a lot to say, and I don't really know if I got to a point, but if you don't know, I fucking hate Linda Fairstein, and I hope that she rots in prison. She won't, but at least maybe poverty will be good enough. I hope that, I hope something bad happens to her. But at the same time, at the same time, Linda Fairstein, there's, you can't find a lot of footage from that trial on the internet. It's all stories that the media is pushing right now. So I really wish I could have watched like the trial and seen how malicious she was. I really wish I could see more of that footage for myself to make my own conclusions instead of everyone telling me how shitty she is. But the closest I could get were her modern interviews in the last five years. She has a lot of interviews where she kind of talks about her disregard for the Central Park Five or where she'll kind of talk about how great she is at, at writing crime novels or shit like that. So that's all I can really base this on. So everything I based it on was based on her currently. I could not go back and watch it because if I could, I really would have given a really detailed analysis of the, the court trial process, but I, I didn't get a chance to because um, the media is currently pushing this agenda. So we also have to note that. I'm noting that we can't trust the media all the time. We also have to note that maybe she wasn't as bad as we think she is. However, I highly doubt it that, that all of these people have the same story and she's fucking like, you know, she's the only one that's like, hey, actually it wasn't that bad. So anyway, I hate Linda Fairstein. <laughs>